Ready? Here we go. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. So Tony, we're we're back, and we're actually. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm really nervous. Me too. Yeah, yeah like, I finished my coffee, so I'm jittery. <laughs> You're jittery. I haven't finished my coffee, but bought me <laughs> coffee that was like really chocolatey. And this is how we are <laughs> when we're nervous. We just rant. And this is um, unfortunate for our guests. They're experiencing what we do um, as Catholics is when we're nervous, we rant. Um, and before I break into Alleluia's, um, I want to introduce our first guest. That's I'm really excited to have them. Um, and we're going to let them introduce themselves, but it's Dr. Amanda and Father Andel. But um, Dr. Amanda and Dr. Andel, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are first. Tell our listeners who you are, and then we'll ask you some really pithy questions. <laughs> All right. I'll try to, try to give a really pithy self-introduction. So I'm Dr. Amanda Alexander. I'm a, I don't know, fifth or sixth generation resident of Highland. So I'm a, oh, wow. a very, very local girl here in San Bernardino. Um, grew up here, went away to college, um, then went away again, then went away again, come back to the diocese three times. But currently, I'm the director of the Ministry Formation Institute and a proud mama of two. Mm. Um, had a, a baby in August, um, so I'm also a little bit sleep deprived um, because we haven't quite hit that six month mark where he can sleep through the night yet. Oh, <laughs> I, I am so done with that though. But <laughs> my wife doesn't know, but I'm actually actively looking for adoption, but we're not going to go there. But Dr. Amanda, you are also, you're not, a, you're not what we call a cradle Catholic. Oh, no, that's right. I'm a, I'm a convert. I was raised as a Seventh-day Adventist um, and sort of grew up in the Adventist circles here between Highland and, and Loma Linda. Um, and I became Catholic when I was in college. My senior year of college, I, I converted through the chaplaincy. So big shout out to Catholic chaplaincies. They're super important, and you never know who you're going to snag. And one day we'll ask Dr. Amanda to come on the show and tell us all about that whole conversion thing, Catholic chaplaincy. Mm-hmm. So, Father Andel. I'm uh, Father David Andel. I'm actually a native of Cleveland, Ohio, so I'm a transplant to California. Came when I was a kid, about fifth grade or so, and product of Catholic schools, kind of the opposite of, of Amanda here. Um, Catholic in my family for you know generations past. I'm a priest of the Diocese of San Bernardino uh, for the tw- past 27 years. I've been a priest serving in different parishes. Um, currently, mm-hmm. I help out in San Bernardino in a parish, and I also um, uh, have a degree in canon law. So I do canon law and um, church law, marriage annulments, those kind of things, too, for our diocese. Okay. All right. So we're going to pause a little bit. Are we good? Yes. We Sorry. lost our connection. Sorry. <laughs> so that's... we. Yeah, well, I apologize. We we are we are actually on a <laughs> our podcast, not in our studio, but we're off site. But thank you for for that um, introduction, and thank you for inviting us to come to the the pastoral center to do this podcast with you. We're a little nervous, as we had already said, but 
the synod, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, they, they like synod, what's synod? And so, you know, to get us off on, on the right path um, for our listeners to understand it, one of you like to give a definition of what is the synod? What is the synod on synodality? What is this thing that we're journeying since, you know, 2019? 2020, I think 2020, Um, I feel like this question, it's a little bit like asking somebody to describe how to ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it, there's, there's our, our, our technical definitions, but I think to, to understand what a synod is, we almost have to live it and to experience it. Um, I, I might say that, you know, synod means walking together, um, journeying together. Um, but I think we, we like to think that we're already doing that. So what's new about this? Uh, I think most fundamentally the, what I've, what I've heard that's been really clarifying for me with, with Dr. Austin Ivory is that a synod is fundamentally a listening to the Holy Spirit, a collective listening and discerning um, to understand how the Holy Spirit is calling us to continue the mission of Christ here and now. And, and that requires that we move past some of our cleverness, some of our, um, our agendas, and that we, as he said, we, um, we speak freely what's in our heart. We speak freely about our experience, not just the things that we know in our head, um, and that we listen humbly to what other people share with us. You want to add something to that? No, it sounds perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. And again, like Amanda's saying, it's um, something you think that we're doing all the time, but um, but we've forgotten. We've kind of gotten away from that in the past. Sometimes things have become a bit more top-down versus you know what, what, um, what affects all should be discussed by all. And, um, and, and really putting more attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit speaks through the people of God. Yeah. You know, I, I love that, this whole thing when, when we speak of the Synod. And it's always hearing that person, the Holy Spirit. And when, when, when I listen to that, you know, my Catholic formation was not very much heavy on the Holy Spirit as well, Jesus and Christology. And so I think in the Latin rite of the church, I think we missed out on a lot of the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we have such a hard time with synod and listening sessions, because, you know, we have a hard time listening. So in, in coming to that, Dr. Mana, you're, you're in charge of formation. And so when I was reading the synthesis, there was this whole thing, this whole section on holistic formation. And our podcast is connects generations and situations. It was started with youth and young adults. And then we had parents who were listening. Um, and then the 30-somethings along the way. Um, so when, when I'm reading this, and it's said in the synthesis, this is the people of God have expressed the desire for ongoing holistic formation and accompaniment. But right next to that, what intrigued me was this sentence, it says, the desire for holistic formation is expressed strongly by younger generations who perceive a disconnect between the content of their sacramental preparation programs and the realities they face in their lives. You know, when, when I read that, it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and what does that mean? And what does that mean for people like Tony and I who do sacramental prep? Uh, is there going to be a change? I mean, what is it? Sounds so huge and daunting because, as Catholics, we're very hierarchical, and this is what we do, and this is what we've done for the past five hundred years. And so, what is it asking of us? So, I'm going to start with a, a story, um, and then I'll, I'll unpack that sentence because I, I think this um, 
out of, coming out of the synthesis, it, it helped make sense and, and I think helped me justify a decision I had made several years ago. I was I was teaching um, confirmation at a parish, and they they handed me a book and said, "Here's your curriculum to teach confirmation." I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like I'm 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 going to have to do the social teachings of the church, and and there was so much about like rules, and there was nothing about Jesus. And there was nothing about prayer except for like memorize these prayers and say these prayers out loud. And I was like, that's not genuine prayer. So I threw the book away. And I spent the first year, of course, because it was a, a two-year confirmation program, I spent the first year reading scripture, reflecting on scripture, not doing like a Bible study, but but really doing a lot of um, what we'd call a, a Jesuit kind of Lexio Divina, an imaginative living through the scriptures. Um, we prayed, we spent you know, 20 minutes in meditative prayer, silent prayer with, you know, 16-year-olds, um, which I think some people thought I was crazy. And I remember we went away for um, spring break. There was that break. And when they came back, Miss Amanda, Miss Amanda, Miss Amanda, can we do that thing where we, where, we, where we sit in the quiet? I've missed praying so much. I just want to sit and be quiet with God. Um, and I thought this is really practical because the the things that we often prioritize, you know, we, it, we, we prioritize this kind of head knowledge, thinking that what we know is going to save us. And that's a heresy. That's called Gnosticism. What we know is not going to save us. And we don't teach people how to enter into a loving relationship with Christ. We don't teach them how to open up the scriptures and to, and to listen to how God is speaking to them through the scriptures. We don't teach them how to pray except for prayers to say, but even those prayers that we say, which are good and we need to know them, there are ways to, to pray more deeply and profoundly with those um, so that we can, we can enter into a moment where we are being still and we are listening to God. So I, I think that, you know, I, this is what we are hearing the young people saying to us is that you keep on trying to give us all of this head knowledge, but you're not actually teaching me how to have a relationship with Christ. In this head knowledge, honestly, I can look it all up online. I can learn all of this by going to a website. CatholicAnswers.com's got all kinds of really great stuff. And I know there's other stuff out there that's even more recent than that. Um, but what, what we need to prioritize is that, that mentoring, that coaching, that modeling. This is, this is how you live out your Christian faith. This is what it means to be a Christian in, in this moment. These are the challenges. These are my challenges. These are the ways that I have struggled. These are the ways that I have, you know, identified with the cross and moments of absolute brokenness. This is why I believe in the resurrection, that I believe the resurrection is real and now in this life because I know that God will redeem any situation I find myself in. We need to provide that kind of witness and that kind of personal testimony. Um, and we're not doing it. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember my first year of, of teaching confirmation prep, and I had that second year uh, book, and exactly like you, I'm like, what is this? And I remember, um, you know, if um, my director of religious education is watching this, I did put that aside and decided to do my own thing, and the kids were just so in love with that year. Um, next year I got caught, so I had to use the book. Um, but on that note, um, what 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 is it? You know, we're as Catholics, we're we're so tangible. We want something because that is like okay, that's beautiful, pie in the sky. But how does that reflect to to our catechists? Who you know, their formation is. I'm here. I'm a body. 
Um, how do I do that when I don't have that charism to, to or that that knowledge, that head knowledge yet of of coming into that like what we do? I think um, part of that is um, in the seminary they taught us in homiletics class. You know, you can talk about the scriptures and you can expound on things, give a little exegesis of the of the passage, and the the people ask, "So what, Father?" And that's the question I think that we that our professor told us you need to answer that question for the people. Okay, um, mm. there's, there's a Trinity, Holy Trinity. So what, Father? How does that affect my life? And I think, that, and so when I prep a homily, I need to think about my own, about my own life. And I think that with um, Catholic teachings and with being a catechist as well, um, the catechist um, says, "Well, how, what does this mean in my life?" And that's a little bit about that whole part of holistic formation is to make it practical and concrete. So it's not like you said, pie in the sky, but it's it's food for the journey. It's it's right here and now. How it affects you as a teenager, as a young adult, as a catechist, as a mom, um, as a dad, whatever it might be, as a construction worker. It's making it concrete. And I think if the catechist can make it concrete in her own life, then it's possible to bring it down to the kids as well. And then those of us who are older remember what it's like to be a child and a teen and the struggles we go through. Just making things practical and concrete. It's answering that question, so what? So why should I care about this? That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a kid. And, and hopefully the, the answer to that isn't because if you don't, then you're going to go to hell. Oh. We uh, don't want to threaten, you know, yeah, with, with, yeah, we don't want to threaten that. with damnation yeah, here. <laughs> that, that's, for God, that's for God to decide, not for us. I'm sorry, everyone. It was a joke. <laughs> but that, that's beautiful because that's actually how we, you know, when, when you're actually doing youth ministry and you're walking with, with, with the young person, it's more relational than head knowledge. It's attracting them by your presence and, and being there. And actually, you know, if, if we listen to youth ministers who are doing youth ministry well, the best youth ministers out there are the ones who listen well and do less of that head knowledge, but they're actually just being present. And then that, um, that all the stuff that comes out is just impressive when, when you've experienced that. Where, wow, they, we were just having belly laughs, and then they participated. Um, and yeah. that's so endearing to youth ministers like us who, who wait for that moment. That's, that's the glory that you get is when someone is actually enjoying being Christ-like. Um, but after that formation, and, and that next session of the synthesis, it says, Christ-like exercise of authority. Yeah. Father Andel, when we have this discussion, it says, those who assume positions of authority within the church are expected to manifest the image of Christ and to follow the example of servant le- leadership given to us. What, what is... In, in that whole synodal process, what does that mean for, for us? You know, because we've, growing up as a cradle Catholic, you know, if there was something wrong, who do you go to? Well, the priest. And if you don't have a priest, well, who's next? Well, the nun. And then the deacon. <laughs> and so there was always that thing that you go to. And, you know, what does that mean um, regarding Christ-like exercise of authority? Is that a, a, a movement away from clericalism, from that hierarchy? Because when I look at that, uh, as Catholics, it makes us nervous to, to think that, you know, there's, you're, there's a removal of guardrails. So, so there's always going to be some authority. Um, Dr. Austin, in his talk, um, 
talk speaks about how authority at its root means to cause to grow. And maybe that's not a thought we have about authority. Sometimes mm-hmm. authority seems to crush growth or to grow only in the direction that I want it to grow. And so there's no escaping authority. As it, as it um, appears in synodality, Dr. Ivory also makes it clear that one thing, one thing that marks Catholic synodality is that there is an authority that makes a decision at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's really the process of coming to that decision, <laughs> whether or not others are consulted, um, is part of the, yeah, part of that exercise of authority, but I think you know it kind of simply comes down whether you're a cleric or or, or layperson, any kind of authority that one exercises in the church. That Christ is always the model, the one who said, you know, you've heard it, um, the Gentiles lord their authority over one another, but I tell you, it cannot be that way with you. And so the greatest is the least, and Christ who came to serve and not to be served. That's kind of very simply put what. The Christ-like authority, Christ-like authority looks like in practice from all people, not just clerics. Okay. I, I feel called to, to simply ask this, this one question from, from one of our listeners. And it's a pretty long one. And, um, I know Dr. Ivory touched on this and you're touching on this, but, um, this, this listener said, the synodal dialogues have reflected widespread support for changing these patterns of exclusion in the global church as well as for altering structures, laws, and customs that effectively limit the presence of the rich diversity of women's gifts in the life of the Catholic community. There are calls for eliminating rules and arbitrary actions that preclude women from many roles of ministry, administration, and pastoral leadership, as well as for admitting women to permanent diaconate and ordaining women to the priesthood. And the person's question is this, what to do when synodality becomes heretical. Now, I ask that, and I know coming into the session, we, we know the answers because we're doing the synodal process. But there is an element of the people of God who feel this way. So I want to, um, you know, I would, I would say in response to that question, I would encourage this individual or, or people who, who, you know, have heard these calls these calls might be in the listening sessions, but I would encourage them to go to the synthesis and to read the synthesis carefully and to, to be attentive. Is there an actual stated call in the synthesis for a change, for example, to the rule about women's ordination? Mm-hmm. Because what I don't see a change, I don't see a call for a change in the synthesis. What I see is a voiced realization that women's gifts are not always recognized and they're not always welcomed and and wanted and that women believe rightly that by virtue of their baptism they have gifts that can help them to serve the community and can help the community to grow and they want to be able to to exercise those gifts i think it's a failure of our imagination to think that the only way to exercise a gift in the church is through ordination. I think it's an absolute failure of our imagination. And Pope Francis says in Let Us Dream, he says that, um, this isn't an exact quote, but it's a kind of a a paraphrase, that it it is um, just another form of clericalism to think that women need to be priests in order to exercise authority and leadership in the church. Um, And it it doesn't do anything to actually... Um, help the church overcome clericalism. 
And it doesn't do anything to help the church move towards a more Christ-like exercise of authority. So I would, my, my first response is that the, what is said in a listening session is the first stage of a discernment process that is, that is a, a synodal process. And that, that we listen to this and we hear, you know, there are, it's, it's interesting, you know, we hear women who are crying out for leadership positions in the church, who are crying out for, um, uh, for ordination and saying that they don't have any way to exercise this. And then I look at them and I say, but you're in a listening session at the continental phase of the synod. You are running the synod in your diocese. How is that not an exercise of your baptismal charism? How is that not an exercise of, of leadership um, in the church? And so, so I, I think, you know, what, what happens at that first stage, we listen to it and we look at the reality and we continue to discern with that. And so I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing and I'm not reading in the, the documents, the syntheses. I'm not reading that there's a call to change the rules of exclusion. What I'm hearing is that we want to be faithful and we want to also open the doors and, and allow people who have felt excluded to feel included. And we don't know how to do it. And so again, I think it's a kind of a failure of our imagination to say that the only way to do it is to, to change the rules. And we have to be more creative than that. We have to learn to live with this tension, to reflect on the reality of the tension itself, and to be open to the Spirit showing us something brand new and a new way to do this. That's a beautiful answer. Father Andel, do you have anything you wanted to add? I would just add that, you know, um, it's clear that um, a synod is not called to change or reform anything. Um, Dr. Ivory makes that extremely clear. That's not the point of a synod, but simply to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking now and calling us to enhance or en enhance the mission of the church. Now, reforms might come out of synods as they did in centuries past, it's possible, but that's not why a synod is convoked, to try to allay people's fears that um, there's a, a, an agenda behind all this, you know, for changes. Also, like Amanda was saying too, very important is this, it's one step, it's one stage to listen to people, but that discernment stage is important. And Dr. Ivory talks about maybe a ministry of synodality that where people listen and they can discern and say, what's behind all this? And what really needs to be changed? So everybody in a listening session throws out their experiences and even their thoughts and opinions on things. But really, there's a prayerful, long stage of discernment that really needs to take place that sometimes we skip over. We jump from hearing the opinions and the thoughts and ideas to let's do something with action. There's a long, important process of prayer and discernment that really needs to take place. And I think it's, it's in a way, it's, it's, our, it's our American mentality that we want things done right here, right now. I heard it. It's synthesized. Okay, let's... Mm -hmm. What do we fix? Actually, maybe it's not an American thing. Maybe it's a man thing. You know, we're fixers. We want to fix things right away. It's broken. Let's fix it. And that's not what I'm hearing from this whole process. And it's, you know, it's something that that for a, for a lot of people, it's 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 um it builds up anxiety because okay, we've been listening for the past three years, and then Pope extended it for one year, and it's like, what are we, what's going to come out of this? And so. Um, Maybe um, my last question, Tony, if you have, is how do we alleviate that anxiety from people who, as even the synthesis, you know, combating a culture of fear? Yeah. I would say maybe start with, with one idea. I think there are people who are very afraid of um, what might change, um, very afraid of um, 
maybe losing something that they hold very, very dear, and that for them is a big part of their Catholic identity and part of the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith, and say to, to not be afraid. Not I don't say that because you know the Holy Spirit's in charge and to calm you that way, but um, for, for, I, those are people I think that we need to listen to. Sometimes when I hear a very divergent opinion from my own, my first thought before this process started, like I would hear my fellow priests say things I don't agree with or there's different spiritualities. And my thought was, um, why don't you just go somewhere else and, and leave? But I've learned during the past year and a half on the synod and listening to people, priests and then people, that I, I can't walk without you. And, and many times people with different opinions, I'm going to say, well, we're just going to leave you behind. You don't matter. And so I would want everybody all those who don't agree with me or whatever thing or spirituality it might be, we need to go together even if we're very different in our thoughts and our ideas. It's just easy to say, I don't need you. Go away. And we'll go without you or go somewhere else. We do that all the time in society, sometimes in our families. Um, splinter churches have done it for centuries as well. But synodality says, no, I'm walking with you. We're going to go together. If it means we go more slowly, I don't care. But you're a part of this. And, and we welcome and value your different, your, your ideas. Come walk with us. You don't have to leave. We're not leaving you behind. And so that's one thing I would say to try to allay some of the fears of people is we're all going to go together wherever the Holy Spirit leads us. And it'll all be okay, but we're going together. Amen. Amen. I mean, that, and, that's beautiful, Dr. Amanda. I would, I would add to that, that um, fear is not of the Spirit. And I, I think that behind this discernment process, there's a, there's a, real, a real truth uh, that we've, we've kind of lost, which is that, that fear is not of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And... We live in a world of clickbait and anxiety, right. that we live in a world that is against the spirit. And so I think one of the things we're called to do is to acknowledge what it is that we're afraid of and to acknowledge and admit that that fear is not of God. And then once we, once we can acknowledge that, then we have to figure out what are we going to do about the fact that we are afraid? Because the fact that we are afraid means we are not living in the spirit. And so there's, a, I think, an enormous amount of spiritual work that we have to do individually and collectively to hand that fear and that anxiety over to God and to, to ask God to transform it and to, to fill our hearts instead with peace and with joy. And that it's from that, from the fruits of the Spirit, that we will find our unity in the midst of the diversity, that we will find the, the peace in the midst of the tension um, and, and that we'll finally be able to, to release the fear. But for me, as soon as I start to hear the language of fear, I immediately think this is not of God. And even in my own heart and in my own life, this fear is not of God. God never wants me to be afraid. God tells me not to be afraid. It's right. The most spoken commandment in the entire Bible, do not be afraid. And so we know that if we are afraid, it is not of God. And we need to root that fear out of our life. Amen. Yeah. Tony, do you have any other questions? No, amen. Amen. That, that actually is going to be our <laughs> clickbait for, for this episode. But do you have anything that you want to add? What, 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 what are your expectations of inviting Dr. Ivory here? I think part of the expectations which were met is um, he's kind of an expert at, at the international level. Mm -hmm. He's one of the 26 people that mm -hmm. drafted that document for the continental stage, 
which I think is a brilliant document. That brings together um, 116 bishops' conferences from around the world, what they heard in their countries, roughly. And so um, um, he brings that together, the, the worldwide perspective. We have our little diocesan vision here in San Bernardino. It's really nice and cute, but there's a bigger church and a bigger world out there, and he's brought us that, res- that, that perspective. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and um, it was amazing. Very yes. eye-opening. Thank you again for coming on our little humble podcast. It's like <laughs> listening to generations doesn't necessarily have to agree, but be listened to. So thank, thank you, Dr. Thank Ramesh. you for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Tony, we're back with another set of guests. This right. day has been intense, oh, yeah. really intense conversations, but we're not quite done yet. Nope. So well, right now, yeah, we have two more gentlemen who are, who are coming on, and we're going to ask them some questions or some things that uh, have populated from our listeners um, who messaged us some questions. Um, so welcome. First, well, we know you, but our <laughs> listeners might not know you by face, might not know you by voice, but tell us who you are, what you do, and um, yeah. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Elder Samaniego. I'm the director of the Office of Child and Youth Protection in the Diocese of San Bernardino. And I'm also a member of the uh, Diocesan Synod core team. Right. And I'm Edgardo Juarez, and I'm the director for the ministry with Young Catholics. So, you know, hashtag SB Young Catholics. Follow us on Instagram, SB Young Catholics. And um, I accompany, I and my team accompanies young people, youth, young adults in, in our diocese and our parishes. Excited to be here with you guys. I've been... Before, I think it was through Zoom, that was yeah. the initial invitation, which I loved, but now we're here, and even Pope Francis is here. You know, Pope Francis yeah. is here. He's and, here. And you know what? <laughs> we, 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 although Zoom was great, it was really hard because Tony and I like to talk over each other, mm. and you know, listening sessions is being able to actually hear and be present. So, uh, by the way, thank you guys for inviting the podcast to the Diocesan Pastoral Center to come and actually participate in this formation um, on the Synod and and being able to listen to the people of God coming here. And we've had many people come and share what their insights were and what their expectations were. It was very eye-opening for us. Uh, thank you for accepting to um, wake up really early and drive to San Bernardino. And being here, I mean, you know, these are this is your home anytime. Yeah, very back. early. I mean, <laughs> I wake up early, but Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this was hard. Yeah, this, uh, I'm closer I'm, to you, so. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, I, I started working in youth ministry, so I wouldn't have to wake up early. You know? so <laughs> this was offered up to the souls of purgatory. You know? Yeah, but we're here. Yeah. We're caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Great conversations. Great conversations. And that is actually literally what the what the podcast about is listening um, and not necessarily agree, but be listened to. So this is mm. giving people an opportunity to listen to what people say, the people of God, and so that our listeners out there can hear what it is that you, you you're saying not necessarily have to agree but you know they're going to listen to it mm. uh, and then discern what that means but you're here and we have some questions because as as elder you said that you guys are members of the diocesan core team on the synod what is that and what does that mean i mean what does the core team do because um we had heard from from you know reading uh this document that we have here that you, you can access this on the diocesan website mm-hmm. um, and 
it says here it's the Synod on Synodality Diocesan Synthesis, a guide for reflection and discernment. And I love this because after I read this, I'm like, you were able to put together all those things that were said by the entire Diocese of San Bernardino and put it into here. I'm like, I, I don't know how you do that. But there is a core team. There is a group of you who, who was part of that. So tell us, who's on that core team and what is it and what did you guys do and how were you able to process all those things that, that occurred during that whole year of listening? Okay, so the, what happened once Pope Francis convocated the Synod on Synodality throughout the whole Catholic Church in the world, then bishops had to, in a way, you know, figure out how to call upon all their faithful and, and figure out how to listen and follow the instructions given on, on a couple of documents that, you know, that Pope Francis approved of, um, the Vada Vecum and, and a working document with instructions on what is synodality and, and, you know, what are the, what's the, what are the best ways and approaches to, to ask questions that will enable consultations with with true answers based on experiences, not a to-do list or personal opinions. So for that, in this, in our case as a diocese of San Bernardino, you know, we were in this transition, Episcopal transition, right, from Bishop Barnes mm-hmm, to Bishop mm-hmm. Rojas with a new chancellor. So it was like a blessing and very providential for them to be able to get this gift from Pope Francis like you're new here but look with this package you're going to figure out <laughs> what your diocese looks like right and you're going to listen to your diocese right with this synod uh, you know exercise so that's pretty much what happens so um bishop barnes uh bishop uh, rojas um asks uh, sister leticia salazar our chancellor to to head uh this this mission of diocesan uh, synod on synodality you know process so Sister Leticia um, invited a few of us from the pastoral center, uh, different offices to to be part of this team. So it's Edgardo um, mm-hmm. Juarez from Office uh, Ministry with Young Catholics, mm-hmm. um, Father David Undell from the Office of Canonical Services, um, Father Rafael Partida, Episcopal Vicar. He's he's been joining us, mm-hmm. you know, in some of our meetings and planning sessions. It's also uh, Laura Lopez, uh, who is a director of the uh, Department of Pastoral Planning, um, and Dr. Amanda Alexander from the Office uh, D- Department Director of MFI, right? And then yours truly from Office of Child Youth Protection. So we have a team of six people, seven, um, seven and six people. It varies, uh, and we were, we pretty much got together and tried to figure out how are we gonna. How are we going to ignite this in our diocese, right? How are we going to start promoting this and training people to listen? And you know, you know, webs. You know, we're we're collaborating with our other offices also, like communications, right? Helped us with the, the website and and you know, other means of of promoting through social media. So it, it it's it's a conjunction of of a collaborative team of diocesan offices and as right. a core team. You know, we're we're pretty much meeting and trying to figure out which way are we going in in the sense. We are listening to the Holy Spirit, like in a consultation session, and trying to figure out which way is the Spirit leading us. Yeah. You know, and that's that's pretty much how the the team got started. All right. Anything you want to add to it? I was just gonna say that it has been a very um, 
it's been historic for our diocese, but also a very a spiritual journey. The fact that we were tasked with uh, to accompany to accompany the different parish communities, the different ministries, the different uh, groups and um, our diocese, and guide them into this process um, and and give them the perhaps the skills on how to listen, how to go about listening sessions. Synodality is still such a new word, and people are still processing what that looks like. So when uh, Pope Francis just, uh, you know, launched this, people had a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So part of our role was to, uh, the I call it the behind-the-scenes team, where we are gathering, we are guiding parishes into doing their listening sessions. We ourselves are doing listening sessions with our constituents and um, gathering that that feedback from the different communities resulted in the uh, synthesis. And the synthesis was um, a very, it's a very, um, it was a very spiritual process. We had 45 parishes participated in the synthesis, around 10 um, also aside from the, the parishes that submitted um, these synthesis. We also had around <clears throat> 10 specific groups. Those were with the deacons, those that were also in formation, young people, young adults, um, in school, those that work in, in the school setting, um, pastoral, pastoral center staff, just different groups within our, within the movements as well. And we had around 10,000 responses, 10,000 responses. And most of the feedback we received was, uh, came from in-person small group, uh, listening sessions. You know, when, when, when we talk about listening sessions, and um you know something that came up with with uh one of our listeners and mm -hmm. saying is well you know those people who who participated in in the listening sessions were already church people mm. um so how true is that and did we reach out to people who weren't churched and and how did we go about doing that or or does it you know does it matter because right. the invitation was there right, right. if you exactly. wanted to speak um, we're here to listen yeah. so how did that process go about and and then i have a follow up question for sure that. um we have the people of god were invited to participate some participated um and some didn't uh, we also did different formats so for people to participate. We did virtual sessions. We did also, even through social media, the Department of Communication did a whole campaign with social media. Uh, so the efforts were done, so were, the invitations were sent. And um, people responded to that call. And we think that, I mean, just getting from around 10,000 people uh, from our diocese, it's pretty historic, and of course, many more. We still have to listen to many more because this, this is an ongoing process. It's a, it's an ongoing process. We will uh, never stop listening. So for those that didn't get a chance to participate, you're still invited. Like yeah. spaces like today of this formation day, it's also about listening to each other. So the journey continues because the synod doesn't end. It's it's. Um, an attitude of synodality is the church needs to continue. It's invited to continue to become a church that listens constantly, and it becomes a practice. So we become uh, synodal people um, throughout everything that we do. Right? It not, it's not just one exercise. And okay, we checked it off. It's the <laughs> it's the way of being church. Yeah. And then that whole process. Mm -hmm. 
with your core team, 10,000 respondents, mm-hmm. 45 parishes, and six people uh, synthesizing all of those things. Now, one of the questions that I have is, yeah. is, is one of those things is when we look at that, we enter into anything with our own personal biases. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the questions that we had is how are these... Um, these synthesis and this person was asking about the continental synthesis and people are selected to go on the continental synthesis mm. do they go in and and make the discernment of what is being heard based on their own personal bias and how do we get rid of that bias mm. uh, so it, it's kind of like when we when we look at the the issue here what we had answered earlier combating a culture of fear mm-hmm. that's a that's a reality that people have concerns about is mm-hmm. you know is it someone who has synthesized this but it's based on their own bias mm. it's a great yeah. question what, when you what, when we break down what synodality is which is journeying together it includes listening to each other mm. if we want to break it down okay what's what's synodality well it's it's actually listening to the holy spirit that's mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. You know, through the people, you know, we have a we have a job, a task, we have a mission. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, as Pope Francis has said, you know, to impose his diabolical, to propose his divine right. So we're not going to impose immediately. Let's listen, and then we'll propose right what we think is best. So that's synodality is listening to the Holy Spirit through the people, mm-hmm. and in this case, we had to listen to the Holy Spirit as we were reading and reviewing all these, you know, all these different. Um, short synthesis of that what that were submitted right that that make up these you know almost 10,000 um submissions right so we're looking at the at this team what we did we actually started every day for 2 weeks so we met for 2 weeks oh. outside of the pastoral center yeah we didn't have we didn't right. we weren't here we <laughs> so we weren't bothered by phone calls literally or like emails, on retreat right, right? we yeah. were on a 2 week retreat <laughs> yeah. and we started with mass every day wow. right um so we had mass every day we had communion every day we were asking the holy spirit every day for enlightenment we also had a vase a glass vase a a transparent vase with dirt from different or soil from different parts of our diocese representing our schools our homes our parishes pastoral center right and then we had a candle on top of that soil and we light it up for mass and then would carry that um that that vase that you know uh, that candle to to our meeting room our conference room and then we would just discuss what we were we were reading and we were capturing so that's the spiritual approach we we had these two weeks and part of the exercise was to to remember what synodality is so it's not a synthesis is not a summary, right? A summary is is a list of points, right? It's like a re- like you know, it's like a review of points that, or op- opinions, right, and or options. A synthesis is bringing together, you know, different sources of information, and the sources of information we were looking at are these all these uh, submitted syntheses, right, that we're reading with different categories, right? right. So we kind of. Created like this matrix of the categories, the categories of what the voices right. we were we were hearing through what we were reading were saying. Right. So in a synthesis, in a synodal synthesis, you're not pretty much writing down what people are saying. You're pretty. You're writing down what you what's behind what they're saying. 
what's behind what they're saying. It's and I like, would, yeah, and yeah, I would add to the the fact that um, when we we were listening to experiences, we were uh, not opinions. The the it's right. very important to clarify that because right. we all have opinions, right. and the question that the listener had is very valid, and 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 I have asked that question as well. Right, not just in this context, but in other contexts, and it's about listening to the experiences. So we all took time during the day to read through in a prayerful way, and then we would come back as a group and we would say, "What is the spirit saying? What are the echoes that are we hearing? What are the stories that are being shared? What are the joys? What are the pains? What are uh, the challenges? What are the hopes?" And we would echo, and then we would we started to see a trend. We started to see a trend and how all of them were connected, which is very beautiful because at the end of the synthesis, if you guys go to the Diazosan website, we summarized it in a um, chart, in a diagram, which were these were the different points and these were the different threats that the people that were sending their feedback this this is this is what they were saying. They were they were articulating the experiences that talked about the different areas, which is beautiful because we were able to to then connect them and begin to see people in different phases and different walks of life. They were saying the Eucharist. The Eucharist and it's so painful that I cannot go to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is what keeps me grounded, it's what keeps me Catholic. And mm-hmm. then they were talking about but yeah, like these rules and policies that are pulling us away from the mission. But yeah, we have the the important thing is to go back to a personal encounter with Christ. Like let's not like put all these roadblocks in front of that. Let's just really like that should be let's go back to basics on that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about human dignity. Let's talk about rhetorical inclusive uh, rhetoric. Let's talk about holistic formation. How are we not just ahead, but how are we living out our faith in our daily lives? Let's talk about um, combating the culture of fear, right? And, 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 and perhaps that word wasn't said, but in examples and in, in, in stories, it was definitely the underlying, yeah. the underlying experience yeah. of yeah. sometimes there's fear yeah. and sometimes we we drive ourselves and, and out of fear. Sometimes yeah. our policies and rules and come out of fear, not of the joy of proclaiming the gospel. And so, I do not uh, remember reading the word fear in right. any of the synthesis mm-hmm. I read, mm-hmm. but it was it was, it was there. underlined, yeah, right? There. It's yeah. there. And yeah, you're like, it doesn't say fear here, but these experiences, yeah. not notes, like the experiences that are being shared from you know different levels of, of, of church ministers, right? Uh, clergy and, mm-hmm. and leadership, mm-hmm. lay leadership and, and, you know, volunteers and employees. There is a, a culture of fear. And that's why it's not what people are saying. Like, this is my list of complaints or opinions. <laughs> it's more of what my experiences, you know, um, uh, or each of these experiences are saying, right? So what's, what's the real meaning behind mm-hmm. this? And that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. People were upset that, well, where's pro-life and where's this and that? Mm-hmm. Well, it, people mentioned that, but there was something mm-hmm. behind that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe clericalism, maybe pow, um, mm-hmm. abuse of power, mm-hmm. um, or or lack of communication, or lack mm-hmm. of listening, right? Or indifference. So th- there's all these different topics behind what was being yeah. said that we were trying to capture to to create this synthesis because the synthesis had to be a ten page synthesis, right? <laughs> yeah, Sent that's what Rome, they told right? us. You need to so send ten pages. It's a challenge to, to the capture. USCB. We have tons yeah. and tons yeah. and tons. But so the important thing, that. and it, because of this, the important thing is that it's not like okay, you know, what do you think about the church, or you know, give me a list of your complaints, or right. so it's very, it's it's 
it's question oriented to a core question. Not the, not the core question that was sent by the Vatican by Pope Francis was how has the church been synodal with you? How, in other words, how has the church accompanied you? That was the question. Mm. And out of that question, maybe two, three more questions arrived, derived, or just you know, kind of you know, branched yeah. out. That was up to the parish, the ministry, right, to to be creative. But the core question was, how has the church accompanied you? So it was more based on your personal experience as a Catholic in the church, practicing Catholic, or someone not practicing Catholic, you know, your faith anymore, Catholicism, you know, and someone approached you, hey, you know, you're my coworker, you you were Catholic, yeah, Uh, can I consult with you? Sure, because I'm, you know, at my parish, you know, we're doing this. Oh, okay, Um, sure. How has the Catholic... Uh, walked with you. It didn't. That's why I'm not Catholic anymore. Exactly. It was that approach, right? That was the core question. And out of that question came all of these different answers, all these different experiences that we as a team had to review, go over. Bishop Rojas accompanied us. I was just going to say that the Bishop uh, Rojas came, and once we were able to synthesize, we shared just there openly, freely with him. Mm-hmm. This is what the people of God in your diocese you know you as a shepherd this is what the people are saying mm-hmm. this, is, this is this is these are their pains these are their hopes these are their dreams and that was a very beautiful moment because he sat there with us he prayed with us and he listened mm-hmm. he just listened um radical listening and that was very transformative extremely transformative and uh for me and for all of the team Mm-hmm. I think it's it's when you mentioned radical listening, it's it's that builds anxiety for a lot of people because we're not used to that. <laughs> yeah. We're not a we're, we're not. not a we're not a people who who you know see someone who just listens because what are we waiting for? We're waiting for a response. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for um, okay. Well, what are we? What are you going to do? Right. Uh, we right. gave you this. I see you listening, and I think a lot of times when we when we have people who just listen and then okay, well done. That they didn't do their job, right? Like, exactly. Okay, and we jump to conclusions. Yeah, we right? jump Is to there conclusions. any other exercise you do besides jumping to conclusions? Yeah. Because we t- will tend to start listening to someone and maybe start answering their question yeah. or start, you know, we all have that. That. we all have guilty of that, yeah. right? But in when this case, yeah, when we're listening to respond, yeah, synodality, which yeah. is just listening to others, the apostolate of the ear, as Pope Francis calls it, mm-hmm. calls to humble listening, right? Mm. A, a, a listening with reverence and respect to the person who's, who's speaking and let them just say it out aloud and, you know, get it out and then validate what they've said right. and take it into consideration, you know, and then we are, you know, I know you better because I listened to you. I did not prejudge you or come to a conclusion with the first sentence you said right. and, <laughs> and decided then and there what I should well, write down. Opinion. But, I, you know, so, yeah. and it's a challenge. Now, this synod on synodality, you know, it's based, so the Pope, Pope Francis called on a synod on synodality, like saying, saying let's listen to each other on how we are synodal. Are we synodal? No one even knows what synodality is, right? Yeah. So that's, let's start with, let's start with that. You know, we do, we do have listening, um, uh, charisms and we have gifts, but Pope Francis is really challenging the Catholic Church universally to take a step back and look at itself and say, if we are on a mission until the second coming of Christ to go proclaim the gospel throughout the whole world, you know, we have to listen mm. to the living mystical body of Christ, the church. And also to everyone we are sent to, 
to in, walk with them in order mm-hmm. to to, journey to not give mm-hmm. programs and cookie cut solutions but to listen to to really be able to listen and then propose instead of not listen and just yeah. impose isn't there like a sense of liberation uh that you there's a sense of liberation when you're listening not to respond you're listening to understand but you're also listening and entering into this encounter of listening not with a specific agenda and not to resolve anything but just to hear each other's perspective and hear each other's journey because at the end of the day um, Jesus said you know to the apostles uh, as he was leaving and he and he said I'm going to send you some help it's the Holy Spirit and he is going to walk with you and all of us baptized Catholics and all of us we have that same spirit within us so when I share my journey of faith with you right there's the Holy Spirit within me also sharing the experience so that it's so important to listen to each of us experiences and and let us transform and let us listen to the voice of God in those experiences and I think there's a nuance there because then the way we approach evangelization is going to change because it's not about just sharing and just you know um one-way dialogue or just uh, we all have seen our brothers and sisters that Protestants that stand in the corner and share and and and, and yell at the you know the people or proclaim or read the Bible and it's a one-way it becomes a two-way about sharing life sharing Christ um, and just sharing experiences and I think there's nuance on that that we still have to process and understand how then do I after this listening uh, experiences how then can I Proclaim the kingdom of God, perhaps in a new way, and 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 I think that's where the Spirit is leading us, right? I, you know, um, in my experience, a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, when someone, a patient, comes to me, and and I remember a patient coming up to me and said, "I'm done with you," mm-hmm. and I remember the reason why that patient said that is because you're not listening to me, and and he said. Because I can see in your eyes and I can see in your heads moving because you're trying to find an answer to what I'm trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. I just want you to listen to what I'm saying. And that's synodal. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in the last part of this, in in the synthesis, it says Mm -hmm. going deeper in our communal discernment. How do we go deeper? And and what does that mean, going deeper in our communal discernment? Mm. It said the synodal process has revealed the profound love and desire of the people of God have for the Eucharist and transforming joy they experience in the gift of faith. And we touched that a little bit. Mm. But moving forward from this process, how are we moving forward? And mm. what does that look to the the children of God here in our Diocese of San Bernardino? Mm. I would begin with the phrase uh, right under that. Synodality calls us to walk together regardless of our differences. It's a practice of discernment based on the action of the Holy Spirit, which calls us to participatory, inclusive, and co-responsible church. I think that's how we move forward. First, we walk together despite our differences because we are one body of Christ. We might have different walks of life. We might have different uh, cultural experiences. We might have different faith experiences, but we are one body of Christ. So we practice uh, listening to each other. We practice discerning what we're listening and hearing what are the echoes uh, that are in that I'm hearing but then we also are coming together and as a um, expanding the tent as the um, other document of the continental is how do we do that 
Well, we listen radically and we move forward and we are co-responsible. I, I cannot do this on my own. The, to proclaim the kingdom of God is something that all of us have to be part of. I, it's not just my own responsibility. It's our responsibility. So when we are walking together, we have to reflect and think, who is not here? Who is probably, you know, like the lost sheep? We need to go and identify, especially to the peripheries, who is who is out there? Who is not part of this? Who has not been um, invited to the banquet of, of, of Christ? And, and, and go in and, and, and listen to them and bring them. I think that's how we move forward, but it's a constant exercise of listening. I hope that that's the call. And if you felt, if you feel that you're listening to this and you feel that you haven't been heard and you have a lot of things to say about your faith, um, let's continue the listening. Let's continue to do listening sessions. I mean, this is not ending. This is, let's just continue to find spaces such as what you do here in the mm-hmm. podcast to continue to listen to each other. Because through that listening, we are going to find the voice of God and we are going to, you know, continue our, our mission. That's what I would say. And in that journey, to add on to that, in that mm-hmm. journeying together, you know, uh, how, you know, Pope Francis says, you know, God's style is closeness, mm-hmm. right? And a journey mm-hmm. together includes closeness. That's his style, right? We're close, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, listening to each other, that's closeness now after we listen to someone because we have a purpose to listen to them right Mm -hmm. and then we get the answer now the question is like okay the holy spirit is saying this through these thousands of people and then the the discernment process like going forward together in god's style with closeness you know begs for discernment which is part of the process of, of of synodality discerning how to respond to what the holy spirit is asking of us Mm. through God's people. And discernment is a separation of what is of God and what is not of God, mm-hmm. right? And what is of God is God's style, which is closeness, which is attentive, continual, or you know, follow-up. And it's to, life, right? It's and it's life, life right? And it's, life and, it's, and it's active, mm-hmm. right? And it's involved, mm-hmm. uh, the merciful, um, a loving, forgiving, um, uh, reconciling, and tender, um, mm-hmm. Dr. Austin just mentioned some of, of these. So that's, it's a style. So in, okay, we, we have these synthesis. We have to respond to what the Holy Spirit has said through all these thousands of people, almost 10,000 people through our 45 parishes that were, that were involved. And then those who are listening, who are part of our diocese, but they're in the per- peripheries, right? Peripheries. Out yeah. there. We have to listen. The responding part is the challenge. Because we have to discern, how do we respond to this? Do we usually go to our, do we go to the usual suspects? Do we go, do we respond yeah. through email and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, a ladder or structure of, mm-hmm. of hierarchy? Or what's the best way to yeah. respond to God's people? Yeah. Because this is what the Holy Spirit is asking of us. So the discernment process comes in on the how do we respond to to these needs right how do we respond through the synodal community um longing if people want to belong to people um ha- having the, the eucharist as the core and central reason of them being catholic and that's what's what, what drives them of asking for new uh, rules and policies that don't limit or have create barriers right for people to approach God through sacraments or programs or events. You know, how do we go back to the basics? How do we allow people to have an encounter with Christ? 
You have to really pray about it. And discernment is, is uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? It, it is, is uncomfortable. Because we don't know the end world. We exactly. Don't know the end and there's, there's, there's like silence. Yeah. And then there's, yeah. there's, there's resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, but in the end, Christian discernment, Catholic discernment, and kind of based on, you know, St. Ignatius of Loyola spirituality, mm-hmm. it's a separation of what, what, the, what is of God and what is not. Yeah. And then how do we go forward with that? But also part of the, the discernment is not, okay, we're done. You know, we listened, we discerned. We planned, we checked the strategized, <laughs> and we responded, and we're done. It's not like a major, it is a historical event in the Catholic Church, the Synod on Synodality, but Synodality itself shouldn't be a historical event. Yeah. It, should be, it should be a lifestyle in the Catholic Church, an attitude, a charism, a way of being Catholic. And the way that the um, first apostles, that's how you know they yeah. did church. That's how they share life. Yeah. And I think that there's a twofold of like the fruits of synodality. So how do we move forward? We keep in mind what those fruits are. One of the fruits, as Dr. Avery said, is harmony. We are one uh, despite our differences. Not that we all get along and we're happy kumbaya dance, but we are in harmony. Um, and that's one of the fruits of synodality is coming together as one body of Christ. And then the, um, the other one is new ways of seeing. New ways of seeing, el desborde that he quoted Pope Francis, meaning the overflow, the breakthrough of new ways of accompanying. I think that's what our young people are are eager for. I think our young people have so much um, to offer to the church, and uh, as we look at how then we best accompany them, this the one of the fruits of synodality, which is as you recall the when we had the synod on youth, um, the document of Christus Vivid actually said, in order for us to truly accompany the young people, we need to become a synodal church. That's what the uh, Christus Vivid said, and it was clear then, before we began into discerning on, you know, the whole synodality as a church, the, 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 the document was very clear. We, In order for us to truly accompany young people, we need to be a, a synodal church. Well, I think we are on our way. I think we are on our way. I think we're taking steps every day. And I think this journey continues. It's exciting. And everyone is welcome to continue to participate um, from all walks of life. And that's the beauty of it. That's, uh, thank you for sharing that. Because I think it is a beautiful journey mm-hmm. that, um, that the church has always been on. Mm-hmm. You know, going into the next millennium, being mm-hmm. in the new millennium, um, mm-hmm. a, a new way it's not necessarily a new way. It's an mm-hmm. old way uh, bringing back this is how we journey. This is how mm-hmm. we walked uh, together. And I'm so glad that you guys invited us to come and be able to listen to the people who are present to give a better explanation to, as as we said, you, you focused on, you know, there are people who have fears yeah. and anxieties of what this brings. Mm-hmm. And I think what um, Dr. Ivory said that, that synod, the synod on synodality is to listen, not necessarily reform. Right, yeah, he was but clear it's on continuing. that. He was very clear that mm-hmm. this, I think that was the anxiety and the fear of some of people mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. is, oh, they're going to change things. Yeah, yeah. synodality is, is, is not about reforming the church. It's, exactly it's about listening said. to the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. the church. And it's about the mission. He said, it's the, the, I quoted it because I wrote that really down, the objective of synod is not to reform that's not the objective. The objective of the synod is to listen to each other about how do we carry on the mission of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in um, in listening and discerning how to move forward 
that's the objective to of synodality to to see okay the mission is to proclaim the kingdom of god how are we doing that and if there's things that if there's obstacles that we need to move away you know to continue our mission and to be more effective in our mission so then let us move forward together in, in identifying them and and continuing but it's all about the mission that's right yeah. it's so beautiful yeah. tony yeah i have one question as maybe in the spirit of kind of like a teaser for sure, those that haven't sure, read sure. the synthesis, oh, yeah. that, especially for that. our young people, yeah. um, what are some things that stood out or a commonality of our young people of what came out of the the, the synod listening yeah. sessions? Well, you guys are youth ministers, so I'm like speaking, you know, to the <laughs> to the, the the you know preaching to the choir. A lot of our time, a lot, of, and we work with young people. A lot of times, young people. Uh, don't feel welcome, don't feel like they are part of a community or feel that perhaps uh, the adults in the room or in the parish um, might not allow them to use their gifts and talents. And I think uh, the beautiful thing about um, synodality is that um, the process of, of listening creates those spaces so that young people can share their voices freely. Mm-hmm. Create those spaces where they can be honest with uh, themselves as young people and honest with those that accompany them and share, this is truly what I'm going through. Don't respond mm-hmm. to questions that I'm not asking. Respond mm-hmm. to the questions that I'm having right now about my daily life, about my struggles, about my hopes, my dreams. This is who I am. And they can be honest and they can be raw and they could be authentic in that way. So I think... Um, for young people, this is very important. And also for those that accompany young people. As uh, ministers, as youth ministers, young adult ministers, we um, it's not about the new thing or <laughs> staying current with what popular what's popular out there. It's by really creating those spaces to um, knowing our young people. So I would say that synodality and and, and, and the and as you look at at the synthesis that's also part of it these spaces where we can truly share who we are yeah there's also a, a section a, I guess it's like maybe like a was sentence that's a sentence that captures mm-hmm. from a lot a lot of young uh, Catholics mm-hmm. and we're blessed that we, we had a lot of participation from young Catholics right from mm-hmm. youth in our diocese mm-hmm. that says that the church is like disconnected from Mm-hmm. from youth it's like mm-hmm. it's like you guys talk in another language mm-hmm. you know your style is just non-youth inclusive mm-hmm. right it's that's pretty much you know i'm paraphrasing we you know what mm-hmm. it says right but that's pretty much what what's again it's not like a point that was made it was just what was captured behind sure. all these different um, mm-hmm. um shared experiences right sure. that the youth just feel disconnected from the church or uh, the, uh, i'll flip it around that the church has kind of disconnected itself from mm-hmm. from this 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 part of of Catholic of Catholic life, which is being a youth, right? Yeah, being being, young, be, being yeah. a young adult or 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 a young teen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of it. So, so we have challenges, you know. Yeah. This is this is this is a working document. Like mm-hmm. this isn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like the last period of the last sentence of this synthesis, it's it's not. It doesn't mark the the end. <laughs> the end period. This, yeah. this is a conversation and synodal approach and life living uh, starter. Right. So this, hopefully, as Galileo was saying, this isn't our, our only diocesan synthesis or, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, like synod, uh, you know, exercise, right? Or assembly. Yeah, yeah. No, this should kind of set the stage for what we as the Diocese of San Bernardino should be doing on a regular basis. Right. Not only at the diocesan level, at the parish level, vicariate level, at the ministry, ministry level, level, right? 
You know, I'm going to listen to my staff. I'm going to listen to my crew. I'm going to listen to my people. My family. You know, we're right? doing good, yeah. but mm-hmm. I want to listen to my ministers, right? Yeah. I want to listen to my, my, my youth. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't want to make any decisions before considering them, before listening to the Holy Spirit through them. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I'm just full of myself, right? <laughs> maybe I, I'm just glad I'm here. And I have uh, all these plans, right? I have all these dreams to, to apply, but without taking into consideration the signs of the times. Or the real needs of the people we're ministering, ministering that to, right? That happens so much. So that's and you what, guys know that happens yeah. all So that's the what time. synodality is, right? Yeah. Oh, I have a budget. We can do all these things. What? You have a, a financial budget, but do you have a spiritual budget? Yeah. Do you have a synodal budget? Like, well, you know, these ministers still don't have budgets. Okay. I'm just starting out. I know, I know. <laughs> we're, still, we're still working on that. <laughs> he, he, said, he said budget. <laughs> he like, what's that? Word. Yeah, what's that, <laughs> right? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. But I would challenge the listeners, Arnell and, and Tony, that if yeah. they want to perhaps say, hey, I want to be part of a listening session, let's schedule it. Yeah. Let's do something. Let's continue yeah. this listening processes uh, because it's it's a tongue going. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions, and I'm going to leave this question for the bishop, yeah. is... Um, uh, a, a statement that was made by a, a young a young person who said, um, "I cannot bring myself back to come back to the church who doesn't accept me for who I am." Mm. And and that was that was heartbreaking because mm. um, the understanding is that um, that being judged and not being welcome and who is accompanying those young people who are leaving because they don't feel that um, the church loves them enough or, or you know, I'm not loved mm-hmm. because yeah. this is how I am yeah. and where is the space for me? Yeah. Um, we so, know that's so real. Yeah. It's real. It's happening. It's very common. And a lot of times young people, many young people are in that stage. Yeah. yeah. And it, it boils down to, I think, what we have here in this mm-hmm. section where you, you looked at holistic formation. Mm-hmm. And it stems back to the family and how that family is not necessarily that the church is pushing them away, but it's the misunderstanding of what family does mm-hmm. and how. And and that's another thing that we can go on to tangents because I tend to do tangents. Look at Tony's face. I love it. How do we form families? Uh, so another podcast episode on how to form families. Yeah. So Arnell doesn't go into tangents. But um, thank you guys for coming on yeah. and, and well, thank really you for enlightening us uh, with with this whole process yeah. of synod. Thank you for I, being here. Yeah, I think it's I think it's wonderful. I need to add this um, that even that discussion of there should be a ministry uh, on 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 synodality mm-hmm. so that it mm-hmm. doesn't stop because doesn't stop. you know when you have big giant organizations and the church is a big church mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it gets finished and it's like oh let's put that folder big giant folder on the shelf and mm-hmm. it'll gather dust yeah. and, and so. the trick is how not to make create a synod office yeah and you're just gonna. <laughs> You know, give it give to the office. <laughs> the synod is it's, it's like it's like the San Marino fog, right? It's, it just comes in, right? And it should 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 Banana embrace <laughs> should embrace everyone. It's like mm-hmm. it should, synodality should be in every yeah. entity yeah. and yeah. church and ministry, right? It's not like oh, it's that mm-hmm. office you know, oversees synod. They're synodality. Yeah. No. no, it's like it's and just, I'm glad that you brought that of, up. It's yeah. just part because, of everyone's life. Yeah, it's something that is a ministry. You know, uh, we always say that, you know, as a youth minister, you know, youth ministers isn't, you know, Tony, it's uh, everyone's a youth minister. Everyone. You know, he's and, the one who directs. And we shouldn't ministry. apply or, or possess synodality 
you know, synodality should possess us, right? Like we should feel like embraced by synodality, not the other way around. Like, oh, I'll I'll embrace it, right? Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of explaining to do in regards to people fearing and rejecting synodality synodality because of fear of reformation or allowing all these different, Mm -hmm. you know, extreme, you know, Mm -hmm. ideas. No, it's not about that. It's about God's style, which is closeness. And it's about listening to each other with an open heart, yeah. an open mind, and respect and humility. Yeah. And that's what synodality Another is. Another awesome quote. Synodality, we should not embrace synodality. Synodality should embrace, embrace us. us. That's a quote on that. that. Thank you, thank we, you. We just don't know what to title this podcast. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I mean, you know, like, well, their creativity. You guys are so creative. And thank you for providing the space because yeah. this is part of, of being a church. You're providing the space. Uh, and not just now. You guys have done it since, you know, yeah. how, how long has the podcast been? 2019. Going on? Wow. 2019. I remember when we you guys were, just started. Yeah, We were doing synodal listening sessions you before were? this. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. were. You know, podcasts you were. Are, are a are synodal practice, you yeah. know, you like, know, I, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I just love that fact because, you know, as you said, we're creating a space, mm-hmm. an inclusive mm-hmm. an inclusive space, uh, you know, to, to have that conversation. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're here. That's Thank awesome. you, guys. Well, Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. God bless. Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise Different generations of the girls and boys So sit back and relax, this cat the podcast Don't overreact if the thoughts are abstract When it's hosted by Catholic Doc Dad Who knows what's gonna happen Hey, what's up fam? Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise and see if disconnected. What's up, fam? To connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. Best back, runaway thoughts like a runaway train. Break into conversation like links of a chain. Make a Hail Mary pass. Hope disconnects. Have a question for a guest? Put it to rest. Live a life of holiness. Lead by example. Follow at Catholic.dead and he tangled. <laughs> Christ leads our way, he's the good shepherd. Pray for one another, be blessed, and be there. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind and drown with the noise. And see if disconnected. This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. 
I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out The Cabin on Instagram at thecabin2021. Again, that's at thecabin2021. T-H-E-C-A-B-I-N 2021.